Hello everyone and welcome to Box Office Receipts. I'm your host Tyler Callahan and we got a massive hit on our hands with the Super Mario Bros. film dominating the box office worldwide, except China. That's our main focus, so let's start with the domestic top five. Opening first place is Super Mario Bros. with 146.3 million for a total of 204.6 million. The film did open on Wednesday before its opening weekend, so it made $204 million in its first five days. Staying in second place is John Wick Chapter 4 with $14.6 million for a total of $147 million. Third place was Dungeons & Dragons with $14.5 million for a total of $62.2 million. Fourth place was Air with $14.4 million for a total of $20.2 million. Like Super Mario Bros, it also opened on Wednesday. And the fifth place was Scream 6 with 3.3 million for a total of 103.8 million. Also, quick Shazam update. It fell to eighth place with 1.6 million for a total of 56.6 million. Yikes. So, all the attention is on Super Mario Bros. And why not? It right now has the biggest opening of the year and probably will for a while. It also proved that families will go out and see animated films in theaters if they want to. While the box office has been recovering, along with the kind of films released in theaters, animated films were not doing great. Disney can attest to that. But for Universal, between Puss in Boots and now Super Mario Bros., well, they aren't having that issue anymore. Uh, between the strong domestic and inter international numbers, even if this holds okay, we are looking at the first billion dollar movie of the year, if there was going to be any video game character to do it, it would be Mario. Over the past few decades, he has become one of the most iconic characters, not just in gaming, but pop culture. I would expect now uh, that Nintendo and Illumination with Universal are going to work on quite a few new films. We did get another release this week with Air, now uh, for an R-rated drama, making 20 million in five days would be great, normally. The issue here though? is Amazon spent over $90 million making the film. But to be fair, that budget was set when it was just meant to go to streaming. It was only recently switched to a theatrical release. If that was the original plan, they might have been able to lower the budget a bit. So if we're going a pure budget box office ratio, this is doing poorly. But based on the context of how it was made, Amazon could be looking at this as just paying off some of the debt for the film and not look at it as a loss. It'll be interesting to see how it holds at the box office. In China, a new Jackie Chan film called Ride On opened in first place with 11.9 million. In second place was Suzume with 8.1 million for a total of 104.9 million. Third place was Hachiko with 7.9 million for a total of 27.7 million. Opening in fourth place was Super Mario Bros with 6.4 million. And in fifth place was Post Truth with another 2.8 million for a total of 96 million dollars. While Super Mario Bros is doing really well in most markets, it's not doing great in China. Right now, that is only continuing the trend of Hollywood movies underperforming there. Hopefully, that starts to change soon. Looking at international numbers, Super Mario Bros did amazing overseas as well, earning 172.8 million for a worldwide opening weekend of 377.5 million. Again, even if it holds just decently, it should pass a billion. Also, quick shout out to Mexico, where the film made 27.4 million over the weekend. 
that is the third biggest opening ever in the country, they are loving the film. Air opened internationally as well, and not surprisingly, made less than it did domestically, earning $10.5 million for a worldwide opening weekend of $30.7 million. John Wick Chapter 4 made another $21.5 million, worldwide total of $306 million. Dungeons & Dragons made $15.5 million for a total of $124.1 million worldwide. While slightly different audiences, I think with Super Mario Bros. becoming this big of a movie, it will dominate the rest of April, hurting films like Dungeons & Dragons. Basically, what I'm saying is that it's even less likely. It'll hit $250 million. And from Sony, The Pope's Exorcist opened internationally, first in some markets, making $12 million. We start off the news in Hollywood with Cineworld, as they have submitted their reorganization plan to bankruptcy court. The plan needs to be approved by the court before they can move ahead with the restructuring and leave bankruptcy. From an exclusive at Deadline, they are reporting that Lionsgate is laying off about a dozen employees, specifically from their film division. Hopefully, they land on their feet as soon as possible and find new jobs. In other sad news, Jamie Foxx is in the hospital for an undisclosed medical complication. His daughter posted about it on Instagram, but also said that he is already recovering. Hopefully, he has a speedy and full recovery. For release date news, Searchlight has pushed back next goal wins, this time from September to November 17th. The film, directed by Taika Waititi and stars Michael Fassbender, will now open up the same weekend as the upcoming Hunger Games film, The Trolls Band Together, along with others. I hope the reason for the delay is to maybe push it a bit during the award season, because right now, it looks like it might just get crushed at the box office. In an exclusive from Deadline, Mia Goth is set to join the MCU as she looks to join the upcoming Blade movie. As of now, it is not clear what role she would play. I've only seen her in X, and while I wasn't a big fan of the movie, she was good in it. Now, as for if Blade will be a good movie after all the production issues it's had is another question. For new movies in development, Clint Eastwood is getting ready to direct a new film called Juror Number 2. The film is a thriller where during a murder trial, one of the jury members realizes they murdered the victim during a driving accident and tries to clear the defendant while not incriminating themselves in the process. The film will be directed by Eastwood with the script written by Jonathan Abrams. As for casting, both Nicholas Holt and Tony Clay are in talks to star in it. As of now, Warner Brothers has not officially greenlit it, but after working out the budget and scheduling, is about to move forward. The premise of the film sounds interesting, and the actors should they join the film are great, so I'm definitely looking forward to this one. The filmmaking group Radio Silence has signed on to direct an upcoming monster movie for Universal. The, the group recently directed Scream 5 and 6 for Paramount. I might be interested in this, but it depends on what the monster is. Radio Silence, to me, seems like a solid group, and they know what they're doing. Look, for me personally, Scream 5 and 6 were great. In the exclusive from Deadline, Paramount is working on an untitled spy comedy film. The script will be written by Jenny Bix, with Sebastian Stan and Maria Barakova set to star in it. As for directing, Paul Feig is considering to direct and produce the film. Deadline has released their annual report of the most profitable and biggest bombs of 2022. These are always a fun read, and it comes to no surprise that Avatar The Way of Water was the most profitable, earning $531.7 million, with Top Gun Maverick 
coming in second place, earning $391.1 million. Now, for deadlines calculations, they do include a rough estimate of a movie's digital and physical sales. So obviously, if those come in stronger than expected, they will make more of a profit. If they do less than expected, they'll make less, but rough estimate. Also noticeable was Smile for Paramount, which came in at 10th place, earning $101 million in profit. As for the biggest bomb as well, Disney had a rough year. Now look, they did add success. You know, if you look at the top 10 chart for deadline for profit, Doctor Strange is up there. Uh, Wakanda Forever is up there. But Disney also had, and you know, technically through 20th century Avatar, they got that. But while Disney's had a lot of success this year, they also had the biggest bombs. The biggest bomb obviously being Strange World, which lost them an estimated $197.4 million. With Lightyear from Pixar also bombing, uh, that film cost them $106 million. And from 20th Century, the David O. Russell film Amsterdam lost $108.4 million. Now, for Amsterdam, technically doesn't hurt them as much. Uh, it was New Regency that financed the film with 20th Century just having a distribution deal for it. So yeah, they'll lose some money, but it's not like 20th Century and then in connection, Disney lost $100 million on that. Sadly, also Babylon was a loss for Paramount, which we kind of already knew based on the numbers. Uh, deadline is estimating it cost the studio $87.4 million. Look, I enjoyed the film, but it just did not get a wide enough audience while in theaters. It didn't just grab, it didn't grab people. We only got one noticeable trailer this week, and that was the first one for the Marvels. Set to come out in November. It looks fine. The trailer was more focused on setting up the heroes and getting us caught up on the situation they're in, but not really telling us who the antagonist is and what the heroes have to do. Switching over to VOD Premium, let's start with Netflix, which released a trailer for their upcoming film, The Mother. It stars Jennifer Lawrence in an action film, and is set to come out May 12th, just in time for Mother's Day. In exclusive from Deadline, they are reporting that uh, Billy Magnuson has signed on to join the live-action remake of Lilo and Stitch at Disney. No word on who he is playing. He's a pretty good actor, and if I had to guess, he could be playing the antagonist. Variety is exclusively reporting that Apple has made a deal with Canal regarding their streaming services. In a new multi-year agreement, content from Apple TV Plus will be made available to Canal Plus subscribers at no extra cost. As for where this will be available, it'll be in France, Switzerland, Slovakia, and Czech Republic. Apple TV Plus will still be available from Apple as a standalone subscription if people want to sign up for it. This is an interesting move from Apple as Verity also had an interview with Eddie Q from Apple where he clarified two things. One, this is a unique situation, so don't expect them to be making these kinds of deals with other companies anytime soon, and that this is considered a partnership not a short-term deal to try and get people to sign up for Apple TV+. And look, we don't know how many people in France subscribe to Apple TV+. If it was really low, then this would be a good way to get people in the country to watch their content. The big story in Hollywood and streaming this week was the event from Warner Brothers Discovery where they unveiled their new merged streaming service called Max. It will noticeably have a blue palette to its UI, differentiating it from HBO Max's purple. Besides that, and an updated UI for its apps, there were not too many surprises. The content will include everything from HBO Max 
and Discovery Plus as expected, and Discovery Plus will still be available as a separate service. One change is the updated tiers for the service. The cheapest will be called Max and Light for $9.99 per month. This includes all content available to concurrent streams and in HD. For $15.99 per month, the Max Ad Free Plan includes everything in the Ad Plan, along with 30 offline downloads. And the new top tier plan is called Max Ultimate for $19.99 monthly. It will include four concurrent streams, 100 offline downloads, and 4K content. The service goes live May 23rd. For current HBO Max subscribers, they will just have to sign into the new Max app and can start streaming. For current HBO Max subscribers, they will just have to sign into the new Max app and can start streaming. They will also be grandfathered in for the first six months and will then have to decide what plan they want to be on. Remember, for HBO Max, 4K content was available on the ad-free plan at $15.99 per month. So with these new plans, that gets moved to the ultimate tier. So before we talk a little about content, let's stop here for a second. Personally, I get taking the HBO name off the new service. I've seen people complain about it, but it's to protect the brand. HBO means something, and the company knows it. That's why it has its own section alongside TV shows and movies at the top of the app when you sign in. Having said that, just being called Max is kind of boring. I mean, I think Warner Max would have been cool, but it is what it is. The prices for the plans, I think, are fair, but if they are going to lock 4K behind the most expensive plan, they need to start adding more content to make it worth it. Now, as for content, Warner Brothers Discovery did use the event to show off some of the new HBO shows coming out over the next year, like the new True Detective season, as well as what are now called Max Originals, like The Penguin Show, which looks really good. The biggest announcement from this, however, was that Harry Potter will be getting a remake. It'll be a Max Original and will be in a series format, the idea being roughly one book equals one season, and can therefore flesh out the story. This was an issue with some of the later Harry Potter movies. This will take a while before it comes out, 2025, at the earliest, as the only thing announced was it's now being developed. No casting announcements, nor even a general timeline of when filming will start. Uh, for this, I don't mind it, but personally, as someone who grew up with the movies, I would have liked to see new stories. I think the Fantastic Beasts movies were on the right track, just not executed well. I also feel bad for whoever will be casted as the new leads, as they will probably get a lot of hate on social media. As for content coming to Max sooner, Shazam Fury of the Gods will be available on Max on its launch date of May 23rd. With how bad it's done at the box office, this is a perfect way to use the film to help launch the new service. And as of this episode of Box Office Receipts, what do you think of the Max announcement? Let me know on Twitter or Facebook. Links to those are in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and see you next time.